Rolling Maseches Brachas, Perik Vav Mishnah Vav. The mission here is concerned with the question of, is it better that one person makes a bracha for everyone while they're eating, or if each person makes their own bracha? The reason why we might want to have a single person make a bracha for everyone is because there's a Torah value that Barov Am Hadras Melech, that with the multitude of the people is an increased glory for the king, meaning God. The idea being that if the people, the Claudius or the community is acting in unison, so that's a greater kavod, a greater honor to Hashem and his glory than if everyone acts as the individual person. On the other hand, a person can only fulfill his blessing requirement if he is paying attention to the other person who's saying and reciting the blessing. So he has to be listening and he has to be mentally and physically available to respond to that blessing. So uh, the fear is that if a person is distracted, uh, then it would be better he make his own bracha than attempt to rely on another person's blessing and uh, not fulfill his obligation at all. That being the case, the, the Mishnah is going to say, the gist of the Mishnah will be that if they are all eating together as a group uh, and they're going to be eating simultaneously from the beginning, then one person can make a blessing for everybody. Uh, and if not, everyone should make their own blessing. Now, in the time of the Mishnah, the way they ate formal sit-down meals together normally was beheseba, uh, reclining together. Like each person sat on almost like a couch, and then each person would have their own private table upon the food, upon which food was served, and they would each kind of recline and have a, a protracted meal each um, in a sort of relaxed way. And if they would be sitting down as opposed to reclining, that would indicate that they're having just sort of an ad hoc you know, perfunctory functional meal to quickly snack and do what they have to do to get on. And they wouldn't be considered to be eating together. So the way the mission describes it, it says, If they were sitting, as opposed to reclining, to eat their meal, then they're not considered to be eating together. They just happen to be sitting next to each other. And that being the case, each person makes their own blessing. On the other hand, if they are reclining, that would indicate that they are together. And that being the case, it's better that one person makes the blessing for everybody. Now, it's clear from the Gemara, and the Bartanor brings it down, that it's not Heseba reclining or Yeshiva sitting per se that makes the difference. And what it has to do is, is if they're sitting as a group or as just individuals side by side. So the Gemara brings down the case, and this is the Bartanor's example as well, that if people ahead of time said, let's go and eat in a particular place at a particular time, and then you go and meet in that place and eat together. So even though you're not reclining, if you're sitting down at that picnic table, which you made up to meet at, or that restaurant where you made up to eat, you're eating as a group. And therefore the rule would be uh, that one person makes the blessing for everybody, which we're familiar with, let's say, for example, in the limited cases where we do apply this halacha, like for example, on a, on a Friday night dinner. Yeah, so when everyone sits down, one person makes moti for everybody, makes the bracha for everyone because everyone's sitting together as a group. I think the illustration of this point might be when you are on an airplane. So the person sitting next to you um, might be eating at the same time as you and right beside you, and you might even be having a conversation with him, but you're just two people sitting next to one another, not eating together per se. And that, of course, would mean that each person's every man for himself ever makes their own bracha. Um, as opposed to when, like the example I gave before, if you meet your friend in a restaurant, so then um, you you uh, are eating together, and therefore you want to make bracha for everybody. I actually saw, for many years, I wondered, how many people do you need to have a rov am? I saw 
that uh, at least according to the Malbim, you need three. Um, which would mean if just you and your friend are there, there's no issue of Rovam, and each person can make their own bracha anyways. But once you have three or more, then it could be uh, Rovam Hadras Melech, and one makes the bracha for everybody. Fine. The Mishnah continues on, and, and it now queries what happens if during the meal, even a meal where you're eating together as a group, um, wine arrives. Now, we said previously that unlike other foods, wine requires its own bracha, even in the middle of a meal even if it's functioning as part of the meal, because wine is gorm its own bracha, wine is so significant, it deserves and gets its own blessing, a bray priyagafen, even in the middle of a meal. So the question is, if now everyone's going to make a bray priyagafen mid-meal, should one make for everyone, or everyone make for themselves? And here, even if they were eating together, the rule is different. Balem yain betoch If betoch while they're eating their food, in the midst of their meal, the wine arrives, even if they're eating together, even b'haseba, it doesn't matter. Each person, when he drinks the wine, should make his own bracha, or her own bracha. Um, and the reason is because the Gemara says that their base hablia isn't panoi, their throat isn't available. And there are a number of pshat on what that might mean. One pshat is that uh, because they are involved in their eating and drinking, excuse me, they're eating, so then uh, they are not, they're distracted mentally and not going to pay attention to the recital of the Bari Pregafen that another person's making. In other words, since he's eating and involved in the eating process, he won't uh, say Amen, uh, or at least won't have Kavanah to say Amen properly. Another shot is that it's actually dangerous. If a person's eating food, he could choke, and the din is a person shouldn't talk while he's eating. And therefore, if you force him to say Amen, he could um, actually choke, and God forbid, and that would be dangerous. And therefore, again, he wouldn't make his own bracha. There are other pshatim as well. Whatever the case is, the halacha is that if they're in the midst of eating, if eating then every person should make their own blessing rather than one making a blessing for everybody. On the other hand, after the meal is done, so again, we said before that their meals are divided into stages. Um, there was the pregame show, as I called it, where they would drink before Hamotzi, then they would eat their fill, and then after they finished eating, but prior to Birkat Hamazon, they would once again bring out wine and drink, even after the food and the tables have been removed. So, if the food has now been removed from the tables, so everyone's throats are now available and clear, but yet they haven't benched, and um, at that point the wine arrives, as opposed to, in contrast to the previous clause of the Mishnah, while they're eating, here it's and therefore once again, one person can make the blessing for everybody, because there's no fear of choking, um, or no fear that people aren't paying attention. Of course, now everyone is uh, available to pay attention and make a man properly to the bracha. Vahu, which means in he, Omar Allah Mugmar, he will also make the blessing on the, the uh, incense. Now, the custom was that after they finished the meal and after they benched, um, then they would burn incense um, to make a more pleasing aroma. Of course, in those days, they didn't have refrigerators. Uh, or running toilets for that matter, and therefore they wanted to freshen up the room after eating, and they would burn incense. When one partakes of the incense and smells it, there's a bracha required, um, assuming it comes from a tree. It's the bracha's bray atze v'samim, from, uh, you know, fragrant, fragrant trees, fragrant woods. And that's the proper blessing, assuming that's what you're smelling. Um, in any case, so the question is, who would make that blessing? The Mishnah says he should. Of course, it's ambiguous who he is. Now, normally in English, the, and other languages in Hebrew as well, if you use a pronoun like who, or in Hebrew or in English, he, um, then it's understood that the antecedent 
the most recently mentioned noun is what is being referred to. So um, that's one way to read this Mishnah, meaning that we're saying the person who makes the blessing on the wine, he should be the one also who uh, will will make the blessing on the Basamim, or as the Mishnah calls it, the Mugmar. That indeed is how Rashi and Tosos learn it, that the who, the Hebrew word who, which is referring to he, the one who made the blessing on the wine, he should also make the blessing on the Mugmar, the incense. However, that's not how the Bartonur learned it. The Bartonur learns it, like the Rambam, that we're referring to the person who led the Birkat the Mazon, the benching. Remember, in those days, the Mazamin, which we'll get to shortly, the person who invites for the blessing of the grace after meals, he would be the one who would recite all of the benching, and everyone else would just listen and answer amen to those brachas. And that person would also then uh, make the bracha on the mugmar. Now, it's a little tricky to read in the words, because we were talking about the person making a blessing on the wine, and we haven't got any, any explicit mention of anybody making a bracha on the birchat mazon after the food. However, the way that the bartner reads it would be from the beginning. When they sit to eat, if they're sitting as opposed to reclining, each person makes their own blessing, meaning before and afterwards. So, bracha rishona and bracha achrona. If they're reclining, therefore eating together, one person makes the brachas for everybody, both the hamotzi before and the birchat samozon afterwards. And vahu, that guy who benches afterwards, he'll make the bracha on the mugmar. Now, that may be a trickier read in the words, however, it's perhaps much more reasonable in terms of the chronology of events, because the chronology of events in the Mishnah is going to be that there's someone making hamotzi, then they eat, then let's say they drink wine, then they bench, um, and after the benching, they'll make a blessing on the mugmar, on the incense. So it makes sense, according to the Bartonur, that the person who just led the benching, since immediately after benching will come the burning of the incense, the mugmar, that same person who led the benching will also have the zuchus, the merit to also recite the blessing on the mugmar. And the chiddush there is that even if during benching, let's say someone came into the room who was a bigger tamachacham, and then it, by rights would be go to, you might, one might think, should therefore the honor of making the blessing on the incense should go to the one who just walked in the room, the, the bigger tamachacham. The din is no, once you've honored whoever it is to recite the Birkat Mazon, then he continues on and we won't slight him by sort of downgrading him in the in the room and making him lose the blessing for the mugma that comes straight afterwards. Rather, we'll give him the blessing both on the benching and the attendant mugma that comes right afterwards.